0: Lego
1: Welcome back to the Back to Brick Podcast. And today, it's going to be another builder interview with Andrew Cookston and his really cool character creations. But first, we'll get down to some admin and then roll into the bricking news. First, a little bit of the admin side. We just passed 1,000 downloads and have sustained about 100 listeners, which is so cool. I thank all of you guys who are listening constantly to the podcast and I really hope you are enjoying what we're putting out there. I'm pouring my heart and soul into this, and I really hope that it's providing you with information and cool insight into the designers you like to look at. And if you're a first-time listener, make sure to you know check out some of the previous episodes. We have some LEGO history from last week, and we have quite a few other LEGO designers that you can listen to and their interviews on their products that they've made. And if you're a long-time listener, I'd love to hear some feedback or write a review in Apple Reviews so that it becomes more well-known and other people can come and listen. So, thanks again for all of your work. And now we we'll roll right into our breaking news. And we've got quite a few things again this week. Lego seems to be busy these days. So the first thing I'll talk about, because it's been on the news quite frequently, is Lego canceling their V22 Osprey. This was a, a pretty big shock for me. Because I've never heard of Lego canceling a product like this. It it was and is a military vehicle, um, but it's also used for other things such as search and rescue operations, which I'll read uh, Lego's statement concerning this cancellation. It seems the German Peace Society issued a warning earlier uh, this week against Lego releasing the license V-22. Despite the rebranding of the aircraft to have search and rescue and orange parts on it, the... Released a statement saying that on August 1st, Lego plans to release its first ever military set while internally cooperating value documents forbid this production of current military vehicles. The German DFJ slash VK also criticizes the license placed on the set. With every buy, customers help to finance armed companies. I don't know how it does provide money for arms companies when it is going to Lego. They're, they're producing an aircraft set that is defined by a search-and-rescue. But I'll read Lego statement. The LEGO Technic Bell Boeing V-22 Osprey was designed to highlight the important role the aircraft plays in search-and-rescue efforts. While the set clearly depicts how a rescue version of this plane might look, the aircraft is only used by the military. We have a long-standing policy not to create such sets which feature real military vehicles, so it has been decided to not to proceed with the launch of this product. We appreciate that some fans who are looking forward to the set may be disappointed but we believe it's important that we essentially to uphold our brand's values makes sense but you were 10 days from releasing actually they had to tell retailers that had it to send it back and some people still got a hold of it selling it for almost a thousand dollars now i'd love to know what you guys think you know message me on instagram or leave uh, a comment on an instagram post concerning this just to see what your thoughts are on this whole thing in other news, LEGO did hit over 10 billion views on their YouTube channel, making it the most popular brand channel on the site. That It's really great because it means that they're getting that visual aspect of it out there for tons of people who are all watching YouTube, especially in this time. Some other really cool things that came out. We have the newest LEGO Idea set. After almost a year in creation, the LEGO Ideas 21323 Grand Piano. It's a 3,662-piece Lego set coming in at $350. That is a playable piano. It's not a full-scale piano. Of course, it's a small, smaller scale, but you can play and watch as the hammers and dampeners on the piano actually move. You even can put a power function inside, and it will automatically play songs that were created. And one actually was created by the original Lego Ideas designer almost a year ago. has an adjustable seat. It's It's just really cool to have such a cool instrument be made into Lego. And that'll be out August 1st. We have some rumors going around the rumor mill that uh, the next Ultimate Collector Series set for the Star Wars, which is a larger set, is going to be the Mos Eisley Cantina set 76290. And I hope that it turns out to be like a full-scale building of the Cantina and maybe even a hangar for a Millennium Falcon Lego. I think that'd be really cool to have even an actionable Greedo trying to shoot Han or maybe Han shot first. You guys decide based on the original or the remaster. We do have some retiring sets because every year Lego does retire their sets over time. They don't produce them for very long. We have the Lego Creators Downtown Diner, the Taj Mahal, and the Ideas Treehouse. So if you're looking to get those this year, those are definitely some sets you want to look out for to buy. Some of the Lego Masters from this past season, the first season uh, for the United States, their final models they built for the finale are actually displayed at Legoland, California's big gift shop. So as these parks hope it up a little bit more, you can go see them. So we've got the teams include Sam and uh, Jessica, Mark and Boone, and Tyler and Amy. Of course, Tyler and Amy were the winners of this this season. And uh, it's cool to see... And maybe give you inspiration to you know try out for season two. And the last thing, Lego Ideas has been really trying to get the adult fans of Lego community or the AFOL community involved in selecting products. So now they're looking at a Lego book aimed directly at AFOLS. So you can go onto their website and actually vote for one of three books and explain why you think that this book should be created. One will be history of the brick museum. Another is The 100 Bricks That Built Lego History, and then Secret Life of the Lego Brick. I think they're all really cool. I, no matter what they are, it's going to give you some great insight into Lego, and I think, of course, I'll, I'll probably buy one. The books don't come out too often that I like in Lego, but I think that history behind stuff is really, really cool. So again, thanks for listening. This was the Bricking News for this week, and now we'll roll into our interview with Andrew Cookston. Hey everyone, welcome to Back to Brick. Today we're actually going to be interviewing Andrew Cookston. He's a not only a Lego builder, but a Lego photographer and scene creator with a bunch of Lego characters. You can find him on a.cookston.photograph photography, excuse me, uh, on Instagram. Andrew, uh, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hello, well, hi.
1: <laughs> so, first things first, let's just get a little bit of information about you. Tell us where you're from, what you like to do with Lego, uh, and uh, anything.
0: Well, I am, yeah, I'm I'm just some guy that uh, I got a camera when I was little, and I'm I really enjoy comic books, and uh, I and I like to take pictures of Lego.
1: But I mean, your pictures aren't just pictures, which we'll get to talk about a little bit here in the episode. But I'll I'll start as I always do with my interviews. Do you have a minifigure or have you ever thought of making a minifigure that looks like you? And if you do, what kind of utensils or equipment would that minifigure be carrying?
0: <laughs> Ooh, Well, I don't know necessarily if it would look like me, but I would probably I would probably start with one of the uh, one of those heads that's like really like expression full of like screaming. And he's like, ah, you know, like like a head like that. And then I would just keep connecting pieces and parts and accessories and a buzz saw or like one of those bazooka parts or uh, a, you know a handful of studs or whatever it is, and it'll, it'll turn into like this big monster of a, a thing that starts with a scary face. <laughs> <laughs> you that
1: it sounds almost like an inspector gadget. You just every piece of you is something else.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just kind of feel like the way I uh, work with Lego is uh, just like it keeps going and it builds and it develops, and I'll start a project over here and it will turn into something else and it's a it's an ever growing snowball of lego parts
1: <laughs> well and hey that is what lego is you just continue to build on and you know because i mean when we're young we don't really have a goal other than just make it look cool right so <laughs> one it's got a laser gun on its arm or it's got <laughs> like a tax yeah. on the other arm <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your uh journey into lego so when when did you get, kind of start getting into the Lego scene?
0: Oh, uh, well, that's I don't know. I I could give you the 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 big long answer. Or I could give you the short answer. Whatever you want. Well, this is your time. Well, shoot, yeah. I guess it would have started in what ninety eight, ninety nine. Whenever the first Star Wars sets came out, way back in the day. I remember being like really little at the time and got a. I think it was the land speeder, Luke's Landspeeder, that really tiny sandwich looking tan speeder thing and uh that that had to have been my first set i can't exactly remember if it was anything else maybe that or the naboo yellow pointy thing with the the things on the end you know what i'm talking about this is (laughs) this terrible representation for an audio medium (laughs) it's the thing with the stuff on it (laughs) the naboo uh fighter Probably. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm yeah, not it, as yeah. much into Star Wars as I used to be, so I probably won't uh, <laughs> I'll probably butcher some names or something, but, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, I probably started there and uh, hmm, Trying to think. Probably would have been oh this this'll date me. Probably Brickshelf. Do you remember Brickshelf? Ah, uh, I don't think I do. Mm, Brickshelf uh it was around the same time that Bricklink kind of started up, if I remember, like two thousand Seven two 2008 somewhere around there it was around the time that the the batman sets first started coming out oh yeah you know it, what it i do
1: remember i just looked it up and it's been so long uh since <laughs> i've been to this site
0: <laughs> i uh i remember it was i my dad gave me an old digital camera and i was like i don't know what to do with this other than you know take pictures of the stuff i'm building and stuff and then i was like well, what am i do with these pictures uh i want to i want to share them with other builders and stuff and i had a friend at the time um and he he was like yeah you should check out this weird little website called brickshelf and i'm like okay all right and uh i i don't even know if my accounts there anymore i ha- i probably haven't checked it in 10 years easily but uh <laughs> that's kind of where it started and um then it moved from Flickr, and then uh and then now it's changing into instagram now it's weird i've been here for a long time <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's so funny because when you brought up big shelf for so it didn't occur to me. Then I, I typed it in, but everybody should go just to see. It's like an old school Instagram or Flickr, <laughs> uh, just for Lego because it has like a one bar of like recent uploads, and then you can just search through specific things or members. Because yeah, I mean I look through this all the time. I I remember someone did like micro Star Wars sets because I was like the little st- scale. And I would buy bricks and like reverse engineer how they built them. I think I was in college when I did that because I was bored. But yeah, and everybody keeps evolving because it goes from this. A lot of people I find on Flickr still and then Instagram. Mm -hmm. Have you kind of moved on to Instagram more so or are you still kind of dabbling in
0: Flickr as well? See, I when I joined Flickr probably close to 10 years now, uh, I, uh, I joined it in the intention to be like, all right, this is going to be higher quality for me. And this is going to be, you know, better photography. And I, at the time, my, my dad also gave me an old computer that had Photoshop on it, Mm -hmm. Adobe. Uh, it was probably something like 2009 or 10 Adobe Photoshop. So I, I had the basics basically. Um, and i remember thinking i am like all right now i'm like really getting into it because i can like you know take a picture of a like the tardis or whatever and put a light on the top of it make it look like it's lighting up and early early days youtube as well where i could just kind of go and search how to do that kind of stuff joining Flickr was just like the new like okay this is this is my professional page this is going to be the the thing and um and of course i i gave myself some stupid username that uh, I've now found out that I can't change. So my URL is like uh, British something and whatever, and I'm not English. And it was just like spur of the moment teenager thing. And so now that like everything's sort of moving to Instagram these days, it's like, it's weird to, uh, it's weird to let it go because I've had it much much longer than any other account I've had. Yeah, I, I I I don't think I don't think I'll ever drop it. I do like the format and I do like that images are high quality still. And mm-hmm. I I'm I'm not a big fan of how they're putting limits on folks' photos and stuff now and they're taking things down. That, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think I would uh, I don't think I would be leaving anytime soon.
1: It's it's funny because I actually just did Instagram, but now I'm going back and starting a Flickr to put some put my builds also on there. It's it's nice to have because there's there's such a broad scope on both for Lego. So you can get different interactions too.
0: Yeah, the nice thing I like about Flickr is that it's easy to catalog and it's easy to search. Mm-hmm. Uh for one thing, like on my my Flickr page I can I have albums. So I can sort my albums by, you know, just my Marvel brickheads or just the 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 flash photos or uh, you know, like just my comic book covers, and it makes it a little easier to to reference or to like say, for example, if I were to share something to somebody, be like, "Yep, go there, here, go here, go here, boom, you're there, right to the fo- photo I'm thinking of." Um, and same thing with like groups and stuff too. I remember old uh, Flickr groups that were like, "This is the the Lego Cowboy group, and this is only cowboy photos," and right, you know, old west saloons, and or you know, sci-fi groups and stuff, and it. I found that it was or at least because I'm still relatively green on Instagram, uh, I found that it was really easy to find stuff and look up things and kind of engage in the specific themes that I enjoyed. Uh, and I find that with Instagram, it's a little harder, it's a little weirder to to kind of navigate Lego specifically because, you know, there's the Explore page on Instagram uh, and, you know, you can go scrolling through that for hours, but you get to a point where you start getting posts of like, you know, random cats or, uh, you know, some, you know, slime videos or whatever. I'm like, this isn't Lego anymore. It's not relevant. (laughs) Yeah, it's it it is weird
1: because most people you hashtag whatever and it's trying to just get attention while on Flickr. It's like you put Lego. It's it's ninety nine point nine percent is all Lego. There's very few of something else. And it's it's great because with your photos, you can see that it's not just Lego, but it's like in almost realistic style where you have interactive, um, modes with your, your minifigures and, and builds in the background. Now, how did you, so you said you got a camera from your dad and you evolved into taking pictures of your Legos, but what, like, what brought you into like making them action packed or interactive in some way
0: Mm. that I, I would probably, I'd probably have to give the credit to, uh, probably some older builders on on uh, on Flickr. uh mm-hmm. probably folks like um like uh, chris mcveigh power pig um uh tim lit uh lighty uh i don't know avonaut was pretty cool uh a handful of people that were like kind of pushing the pushing the boundaries at the time uh i remember there was a point um chris mcveigh way in his early days of like he he was just kind of getting published in a handful of magazines and stuff and he was working with like paper stock and like he would bend the papers so where it would you know it would create a curve so it looked like a character was coming over a hill and he would occasionally post behind the scenes photos of like he'd use a, like a wire to hold up a minifigure or like a flashlight to do this and that and I learned a lot from him just kind of watching and seeing how he developed and I was like oh yeah I c- I could I could try to do that and I could figure that out. And, and then like, say with like Tim, for example, Tim Lighty, a lot of his uh, early Batman posts uh, were just really neat to be like, Oh, he's recreating stuff. He's remaking some of the things that I like to watch uh, on TV or, you know, on YouTube or whatever. And that kind of stemmed into the idea of like, well, I could, I could recreate comic book covers or I could recreate scenes from my favorite movies and stuff Uh, then also use the fluidity of like, you know trying to make minifigs look like they're in motion or midair and stuff like that i suppose
1: <laughs> and you've you've catered especially to uh the superhero style mostly are I'm guessing you're you're a pretty big fan of the superheroes i uh,
0: i have been probably feels like forever now, <laughs> certainly before the movies started coming out <laughs> um yeah i uh I've been reading comic books probably since I was eight nine ten uh Probably around the same time that the first uh, few Star Wars sets came out, you know, like what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I remember. Oh, man, the the first wave of Batman sets that launched like rocked my frickin world. Like it blew my mind. I was like, holy f- they're doing Batman. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, you know, saved up all my money and bought almost all of them. I didn't buy the the crappy Catwoman one because it was pretty lame. But uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, that was a blast. And that's, that's probably what kicked off the superhero thing mostly. I mean, I've, I've done other content I've, and I try to break it up a little bit. Like, uh, like right now I've been really getting into Star Trek within the last, like two or three years of like, I've gone back and I'm like, I'm going to go start to finish and torture myself and watch all, you know, 57 hours of Star Trek. And, uh, you know, cause I've got nothing better to do cause of COVID, uh and so i've been kind of doing some star trek posts or you know branching out and doing a little bit more marvel than i used to and yeah i don't know but i've been a fan for for quite a while now
1: (laughs) well so first off you're not torturing yourself you're educating yourself with star trek
0: and there you go yes exactly
1: (laughs) and i don't think it's 57 hours i'm pretty sure it's like 400 hours uh if you add them all up (laughs) uh I know I haven't watched all of them, but I know I've, I've put a lot of time into that. It's probably a <laughs> sickening amount of hours that I've put into Star Trek.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's more uh, There's more bad ones than good ones, but the good ones are really good.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are certain uh, Next Generation episodes I could watch again and again. Uh, I'm a big Picard fan. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big nerd. And I mean, these the images are great because it, What's nice with Legos minifigures is they're becoming more detailed or dynamic. So, like with the collectible minifigures, you have the new DC ones. Hopefully, they'll come out with a Marvel one. I, I know they've been doing some the Disney minifigures, but maybe Disney will allow them to do that. But what do you what do you think of them? Do you think that they've been doing pretty good on the
0: figures? See, I I have been uh, probably within the last four or five years or so have gotten really into the the custom marketplace. Mm, okay. And so that that probably stemmed from some of Christo Christo's early figures. Uh, Christo is a um, probably one of the earliest uh, custom figure designers that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, he's out in uh, South Africa or somewhere that I'm very far away from. Uh, and he made uh, a handful of minifigures based off of the the Lego Batman Two video game. Okay. Uh, one of them in particular, one of them in particular was the, uh, the, the flash from that game. And this was uh, probably two or three years before the official figure came out from Lego. And, uh, I remember at the time I was like, wow, he's got boots. Oh my gosh. That just like blew my mind at the time. this was way before dual molded legs and all that jazz. And, uh, it had the custom helmet and everything. I was like, that's the figure for me. I love the flash. He's one of my favorites, you know? And, uh, so I picked him up. And that probably started my my journey into custom figures. Um, ever since then, I've kind of, I ride this line of like, I really want to buy all the custom figures I can because, you know, quality and they're all made by, you know, folks like you and me. They're, you know, just trying to get by. And mm-hmm. uh, they just, they have a passion for Lego and comics and Star Wars or whatever it may be. And, uh, and so I, I like that aspect of being able to support people like that. Uh, and then on the other hand, I also want to make sure I'm using official LEGO because there's if I'm, if I'm only using custom figures, I find that there's no connectivity with people. Like I can't like mm-hmm. y- y- I, you know you can have a super cool custom uh, printed version of you know Superman from Injustice or whatever, and he's got the cool cape and the the neck piece and whatever, and he's awesome. But at the end of the day, people won't be as impressed unless it's like official parts. And so you know I'll i try to pull back the reins a little bit and be like okay i i can i can use official parts for this figure i can make a a red sun batman with all official parts or you know sans a a a custom head or something like that and yeah i don't know i i'm genuinely pretty impressed especially these last two or three years with um with lego's quality uh just with introducing the dual-molded legs and dual-molded arms, the triple-molded, like, head parts and elements, and some of their some of their design team is, like, blowing up crazy. There's some crazy artwork and designs coming out. Like, like for example, the Monkey Kid stuff that was just recently announced, like, the graphic design work in some of those is just stunning. Like, there's some fantastic-looking figures in all those, and even down to, like, some of the simpler, like, grunt figures and like those those dudes with the the pink um horns simple as they are they're still really impressive compared to you know what i was seeing when i was a kid like it's it's nuts
1: oh yeah and i think that they realized that the minifigure game has always been like oh yeah we love our minifigures but now it's getting we love the detail and i guess my question would be what do you think is the implications of lego becoming more involved in their minifigure designs do you think it's hurting or helping the custom minifigures creators?
0: I, you know, I, I wish I had an answer. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if it does or not. That's a, that's a great question. I would like to think that Lego, this is, you know, this is one person making a commentary on a, a multi million dollar conglomerate company here, but um, uh, I think that Lego is aware of the collectible marketplace right now mm-hmm. and how, you know, we've got, Funko Pops, and we've got the Roblox, and we've got, uh, you know, action figures up the wazoo, and like, it's all about the characters at the end of the day. Like, you can have the the coolest, like, uh, Green Arrow set or whatever, but it's not going to be cool if you don't have Green Arrow in the set. And that, I would say that that's probably why we have so many freaking Batman and Iron Man figures, is because those are the ones that kids like the most. Like, Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man. Uh, and they're everywhere and that's those are those hot sellers and i think that lego knows that they're aware that uh the minifigures are kind of their face of their selling product but i mean the older i've gotten the more i've worked with lego and the more i've built for projects and stuff i find that uh that it's i'm just as easily excited about new parts these days as i am about figures sometimes even more so like <laughs> you're i'm gonna cringe saying this but i'm I'm excited to pick up a minion set. And I thought I'd never say that in my life because of the cool new parts that are in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that brand, but I sure do love the new parts that are in that stupid minion set.
1: <laughs> it's it's really funny because I resisted so hard against my wife to see uh, Despicable Me. And then when I went, I, I loved it. I, I think it's, it's hilarious. I, Steve Carell has always been funny. So having him as Guru. um, like I don't enjoy the million, minions movie, but like despicable me at one and two, I, we can quote and laugh about all the time. And it's funny. Cause I was just talking to my friends exactly about the minion sets. Like, Oh, the it's, ah, it's minions, but yeah, the, like you can open it up and it's got like cool, uh, sticker details and you get a minifigure. I I'm,
0: not against it, but it's hard to say I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I ever since I've kind of gotten into the brickhead scene too, which is, you know, a whole nother, you know, basket of eggs that is another project on top of another project, uh the, the brickhead scene has really gotten me into uh familiarizing myself with uh colored elements and the mm-hmm. like the production of certain parts and stuff. Um I I have a friend of mine that is uh he collects uh 2 by 4 bricks 2 by 4 bayer bricks and uh older test bricks and marble bricks um and he (laughs) this this will show how nerdy i am uh he he shared an excel spreadsheet that he made on his own personal time of all the colors of all the 2 by 4 bricks that have ever been produced by lego and the first time i saw it i was like wow that's cool and then i had to take him in i'm like Oh wait! <laughs> These are little plastic bricks. I shouldn't be so excited, but I was. And it was really neat.
1: I mean, the second you said that, I'm like, I need you to send me that uh, Excel spreadsheet because <laughs> I need to start collecting those now. But and that's what Lego's really good at. They're mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you got you got to collect them all. I I just bought um the Hulkbuster Buster from uh, Infinity War because it was the last thing I needed for the Infinity Gems. And to finish my collection of minifigures for them. And that's what they do best. They're like, okay, we're, we have the six figures that you want, but let me make sure that I spread them out over all variants and prices of sets, just so that you're interested.
0: Oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I I would say that that's probably the, probably the biggest irritant that I have is that they also know how to play the, the, the game, lego knows how they're like well if you want the coolest minifigure it's going to be in the biggest set <laughs> like if you want the new captain marvel you know she's going to be in the, the big avengers tower or whatever and like yeah, um, <laughs> it's not fair <laughs>
1: yeah like the hogwarts set you want all of the houses uh characters or ha- well, the house creators yeah that's this is the only set so and if you want to buy them separate
0: they're 40 dollars <laughs> each because that's what people charge all right <laughs> Uh, th- you know, it's it's funny that like, it, even when they Lego tries to, you know, I I sh- I shouldn't say play fair because they're always playing fair, but uh, they when they're like, you know, the the re- the most recent collectible minifigure series, for example, that um, that uh, Viking guy mm-hmm. with the blue cape and the really cool new, new helmet, like super cool figure. And I was like, wow, that has a bunch of useful parts. I don't really care about that figure per se, but like those arms are cool and the helmet's cool. And I could use that cape for Martian Manhunter and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, I was like, I don't really want to go take the time to dig around in a bin with a mask on and deal with the whole crowd and everything outside. So I'm going to just go and order it on BrickLink. And, you know, it's like $7, $8 on BrickLink for just one of them. (laughs) and it's like they you can tell that they weren't intentionally making that to be a hard figure but it's just because of the useful parts in it that i find it's interesting how you how expensive it's gone on the aftermarket oh yeah uh
1: i remember like any collectible minifigure set where they're like you're actually only going to do one in a box of 60
0: and good luck finding it oh yeah <laughs> oh that was a pain in the butt i um so fun uh in inside perspective on my life uh I worked uh in Lego retail from 2014 till whenever this covid stuff kind of started I don't know if I'll be getting taken back on unfortunately but uh as of right now I'm I I think I'm still employed there I'm not sure uh but uh back in 2014 2015 uh, I remember it was no it wasn't that old long ago is the 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 30th anniversary or whatever of the minifig. And it had that one police guy that was in the series and he was the one guy. The- oh yeah. I think that was like two years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, um, like being a, a brick specialist at the time, it was kind of like, it was a pain in the butt to, to be like, yeah, there's only one and you got to disappoint customers and stuff. But, um, yeah, I think Legos, I, well, I hope they've learned their lesson not to keep doing that because that was annoying. <laughs> that was a pain in the pain in the butt.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, they. I think they changed a little bit with the latest minifigure series. They just up the price to five dollars instead of four dollars, and yeah. I think there's equal mm-hmm. amounts throughout. But which is good.
0: I, I remember when they were two ninety nine back in back in the day when they first launched. Oh yeah, <laughs> crazy to think they're six bucks or five bucks now. It's, nuts. it's impossible to find them <laughs> yeah. if you want the mm-hmm. old
1: series. Especially when they did like the uh, the German soccer team, uh, the Olympics, they did those oh, yeah. like those eight cool. uh, specifically for the 2012 Olympics. Yeah. But now that I mm-hmm. mean, Lego keeps putting out all these and I know there's a figure, I think it's like 20 minifigures per person on Earth. But I'm guessing you have a little more than 20. Do you know how many you have?
0: Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. I've ugh, probably into the thousands, but that I would only count that as like assembled figures. Uh I as as much as I like to try to keep figures intact as best I can, uh depending on what project eludes me or whatever thing I'm working on, there are occasional times where I'm like, "Well, I need that one part from that one figure, so I got to go take, you know, Steve Trevor's torso and go use it for so and so character and so, yeah, I, I mean, I'd say I'd anywhere between, you know, 800 to 1,000 figures assembled, but th- I've got tons and tons of sp- spare, what I would call building parts, uh, <laughs> into my sorting system just to make other figures and stuff, or like figures from sets that I, you know, bought for parts, uh, right, like, or like gift with purchases figures and stuff like that. I really don't use, uh, yellow minifigs anymore, uh, I kind of used to, but that was you know kind of back in the brick shelf days where it's like, yeah, whatever parts I have, but uh now I've gotten a little more selective with uh how i how I build and and I'm a a bit more themed these days too, so I kind of tri- mm-hmm. try to stick to the theme
1: now, do you have any specific ones that you've kept uh out and displayed that you you haven't used? they're
0: just kind of your own favorites you know I do uh, but at the same time i i can't uh I can't bear myself to to be the, the guy from Toy Story 2 that keeps every one of his toys in a box and uh, never plays with them and just looks at them on a shelf because it's like they're kind of intended to be played with. They're kind of meant to be taken apart and messed around with and roughed up and, you know, that sort of idea where, like, I, I do have some on display, like my my first Christo Flash is on display, but every once in a while I'm like, oh, there's a good I, a Flash idea. I want I want to pull him back out and uh go play with him basically and put him in some poses or build a like a street street setting or something and kind of bring him back out and put him away again uh i i recently probably within the last year or so i've i've started to try and keep my figures more assembled and a little more organized so i can like use that as a reference to be like when was the last time i used that part oh let's go take a look at that picture that i think i used that figure for uh, oh yeah he was used in um, uh, the Shazam photo shoot so let me go over to my sorting system where I keep Shazam parts now and then we're like oh yeah okay easy to find the parts I'm looking for it saves me time so
1: <laughs> that's good do you use a specific I guess uh, organizer and are they labeled or do you just kind of know where they are based on you know just by memory
0: uh, it's a little bit of both actually and I find that it's been a it's been an ever changing system since I first started doing this like back uh back in the day, it was just all in uh one of those big bins, you know, like every kid has under their bed mm-hmm. uh and then it turned into a bin with a lid so they wouldn't get dust bunnies uh, <laughs> uh and then and then it turned into a uh a bin with a lid and then a bin with a lid for minifigures and then it turned into one of those big hardware drawer system things that can hold smaller parts. And then it turned into two of those and then it was three. And then it was, uh, those big, uh, like Rubbermaid, uh, room essential three drawer things. And then it turned into, uh, uh, you know, Ikea cubicles that house parts inside those. And it's just like, it's, it's constantly changing.
1: <laughs> oh, and I, I think that's going to be everyone. I'd love to, I think I'll do an episode here in the future just on storage because everybody's different. And it's like some people like, no, it's just in a bin. They're just all thrown in there. I just kind of search and take my time because that was the point is to enjoy it. Or they're like, mm-hmm. I have it filed by color, number, uh, the date I bought it, et cetera, et cetera. Right, yeah.
0: I, f- I find that my- my my main goal with my sorting these days is that it's the idea to keep most of my parts as clean as I can, because this day and age, I mm-hmm. I I don't like having to redundantly edit uh, my photos. And so, for example, like, you know, figures and parts get dusty and that's just part of the game. But um, the less I have to edit those little dust speckles out of my photos, the better. So I'm going to keep them in airtight little boxes so they don't get all dusty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I only display maybe two or three based on the fact that, I one, I don't have space, but two, it is a lot of cleaning because just they just attract yeah. dust. Mm-hmm. They're like magnets. <laughs> but now back to your minifigure mm. photography. When you decide to go about a scene, let me, let me use an example maybe. If you were to have um, like Batman versus Bane in the sewer,
0: What would be your process? Well, I would probably kind of start with the premise, kind of just like what you said, where it's just a, a, you know, a a late night thought or, you know, you know, I'm in the shower and I'm like kind of just thinking about projects to work on or whatever it may be. Uh, A good portion of the time it's um, based on what's happening around in the world. So if it's, you know, a new Batman movies coming out or a Wonder Woman thing or, whatever it may be it kind of stems from that but then otherwise if it's a what i would consider like a free build or a free uh concept um it usually starts with just an idea like that so um it'll be like yeah i have a rough setting i want to do i kind of have the rough idea of a minifig uh that i want to feature in it and kind of a rough uh like inspiration like a maybe like a jim Starling, or a a John Byrne, or a Jim Lee painting, or a Jack Kirby illustration. I'm sure all these names are over your head, because they're comic book characters, or writers and artists. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Darwin Cook, uh, rest in peace, he passed away in 2016, Um, he uh, illustrated one of my personal favorite DC comic books called uh, DC New Frontier, um, which is a Story of the Justice League uh, in the 1960s and the formation of the Justice League, based around uh, the Soviet Union and the space race, and the illustration that Darwin Cook did for that book was just phenomenal. The colors he used, the 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 line work, everything, and like I just blew my mind when I first read that. Uh, and then you know, there's other artists like Alex Ross. Uh, tons of folks that just inspire me and so a lot of the times it's like oh yeah i kind of want to do something that uh, the darwin did he did a cool teen titans rock concert that sounds like a fun premise i want to try and recreate that or whatever and so depending on the simplicity of the project it'll it'll start with a sketch or it'll start with a build or like a, a piece of the puzzle like say for example that teen titans one it started with um, just building the instruments. So, you know, I built the little piano and the, the pedal boards for the guitars and the microphones and a bit of the lighting. And then as each of those pieces turned into bigger pieces, the bigger pieces ended up turning into a final build, which then turned into the, the final photograph that turned into the final edit that turned into the Patreon posts that turned into the final result. And, um, it It goes back to that kind of snowballing thing where it's like it it goes and it goes and it goes, and a lot of these types of projects for me they overlap um like right now i I'm in the process of about uh eighteen or nineteen different brickheads at any given time uh depending on the part availability and what I have on hand or the time that I have just to to build or if it's a like if it's a photography part project, it'll be like one day. I, if I have a day off from, from my real work, um, I I'll be like, okay, today's a photo shoot day. So I had all these other builds kind of built and ready to go. Um, let's see how many different scenes I can make with these handful of builds. Um, and then, you know, the following day I could go back and edit them or the day after that I could go and be like, Oh, I'm feeling a little bit more inspired to do more, uh, uh, photography today. So I'll do some more photography, some more building. And it just kind of, it it it's a constant juggling act of the project I, I work on because because of the patreon of course because I've launched that recently it uh, kind of motivates me to keep going constantly all the time forever until you know <laughs> until some elusive time that I don't know about <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it's one of those things I try to I try my best to keep to a weekly uh, weekly standard it, it doesn't always happen just given the given life and things that happen. But uh it's uh in order to to post things on a weekly or even semi-daily basis, it takes a lot of juggling. And so, you know, I think as of right now, I've got three different projects that are in the middle of either editing or needing to be uh written posts for, for Patreon. Um I've got Uh, the the Star Trek uh, Next Generation brickheads that are currently on Patreon getting posted uh, there. And then publicly on Instagram, I just shared uh, my Shazam Rock of Eternity build that was uh, originally shot about a month or so ago because it had to be, you know, a Patreon exclusive. And it just goes and it 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 it never stops.
1: I (laughs) feel your pain. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about because it it's the same thing for me. I, I have a podcast I do once a week. I have the Brickheads that I like to do a series as, because I, I started Brickheads about a year and a half ago. Um, and I love them, but you know, you, you lose interest at points and then you come back. So like right now I'm kind of in a lull, but I'm, I'm, uh, because I'm finishing an animal crossing, uh, series right now. um, and it's funny you say next generation because I'm looking to do the captains of Star Trek as my next series. Ooh, exciting. Uh which, Yeah, which will be fun. Um, but it, yeah, you're you're right. You you it's self-propelling. Like oh, now I have a patron. People want to see this, so I have to keep moving and keep going. Like this podcast has listeners. I'd like to and keep giving them great content mm-hmm. and interviews uh, just so they could you know
0: take a break, have some Lego time. It's uh, it's it's ironic. It's funny that like, and I I feel your pain. It's like I there are days that I'm just like I don't I don't really wanna I don't really wanna work on anything. I just wanna like relax. And like my form of relaxing is Lego. And then it turns into a uh, oh my gosh, this is a project that needs to get done. And then it's oh uh, like two hours or three hours into it, I'm like I don't wanna do this anymore. And, uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: it's hard to keep going. Sometimes you just kind of have to have other people's motivate you. It's pretty pretty
0: uh motivating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. When people want to see your stuff, it's like, yeah, I want to share my stuff. I, people actually like this. People enjoy the my content. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> and it, it can build that pressure, which I talked about in one of my episodes on burnout. But then like I realized you guys step back. I still enjoy it, so make it enjoyable. Don't make it a job. Right. And mm-hmm. and that's the hardest part when you get interest because you're like, oh, I, I'm expected to do something like this.
0: Right yeah the 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 concept of uh contis- continual artistic continual artistic creativity uh is probably the biggest challenge that I that I find mm-hmm. is that I'm I can make some really cool stuff if I've got 6 months to a year to really fine tune a project and you know sometimes projects like that happen where like uh I can think back to, like, some of my Mad Max posts from, you know, three or four years ago that when I first saw the movie, it blew my socks off. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. This is a great, like, there's so much to this film. I love it. uh, And I want to do something Mad Max related. And so, you know, that day, that fateful day in 2015, I went home and started working on some cars and some builds. And uh, it took me, like, almost two years to really get to a point where I was like, okay, this project is finally done uh and ready to kind of meet principal photography uh and you know all during that time i was working on other projects mm-hmm. and that was one that's like that that's got to be a special one i can't like just push through that and burn it out i gotta i gotta really take my time with it so and then there's other projects where it's like oh yeah it's a minifigure on on my desk uh uh i haven't had dinner yet um here you go guys uh happy instagram uh goodbye see ya <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it, it it's um I get that all the time, and I, I know a lot of people do. Where you're like, "Oh, I'm building something, and it's still going," and then you're like, "Oh, that new movie, or oh, they just came out with a trailer. I need to build a whole brickhead series nice. on
0: that right that's, now." Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's the, I, <laughs> that's probably the another one of those things that I struggle with. It's like, "Oh yeah, Doom Patrol is coming out soon, the season two, and then, uh, but I want to do Stargirl because I just watched uh, the new Star Girl, and then there's a new uh, couple issues of you know so-and-so that I'm reading and, you know, I want to do a throwback to this old 1970s comic book. And like, it just, I was like, what do I do next? Like, I want to do all of them <laughs> at the same time. It's not how that works. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and my list continues to grow. It never actually shrinks. <laughs> with your with your photography, do you uh have a specific camera you like or set up? Because I, I see that you have like your organizers in the background sometimes, but sometimes you actually build in scenes. Do those... Does it just depend on your build, or is it just like, I'm going to build this minifigure now, and then I'll take a photo shoot, and if I want to do a background, I'll do that or not?
0: Um, I think it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with um, the project. As as nice as uh, uh, cell phone cameras have gotten in the past 10 years, I, I try not to rely on that because it feels like it's cheating a little bit, but this day and age, uh, my my iPhone XR camera is pretty high quality it's not the best camera that i've worked with certainly but you can do a lot of stuff with it you know you can hold focuses you can uh get lens flares and stuff with an iphone now like uh couldn't do that kind of stuff you know five ten years ago with uh with an iphone 3 like um and so it depends on if i really want to take the time to like whip out the camera Whip out the external flash, put the battery in, put up the tripod, put up one minifigure. And then at that point, that that's kind of where I'd weigh my 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 uh my commitment to it. Where it's is it, is it worth to then take the photos, get the lighting right, then you know, go through that process a dozen times, then finally pull the SD card out, put it in the computer, go and touch up the photo, then take it over to Instagram from Google Drive back onto my phone. And it's like, okay, this is this is too many little steps uh, for just a, a photo of John Stewart or whatever. But like, if it's a project, if it's a main thing that I've really put some thought into, or like I've sketched the idea out, or I've you know I've I've put a little bit more effort into it, it makes it feel a little bit more worth my time to pull out my Nikon or whatever camera I want to use. Mostly my Nikon these days and really commit my time to it cause what what Nikon specifically Oh, shoot a D3300 I think off the top of my head oh okay um okay. Uh, it's not the the highest newest camera on the market these days but um uh you know external lens uh external flash uh the basics it's 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 a it's a camera from 2015 it's not anything fancy but um uh I've <laughs> that, that's part of the struggle, uh, you know, because, you know, you want to have the money to buy a fish eye lens or, you know, a light ring or uh, you know, uh different filters for uh your camera or whatever. Uh and then also at the same time being able to afford the custom figures that are coming out and the sets that are coming out. And it's like i i f- funny enough with Patreon I've started to kind of uh, uh budget myself. Um and so I used the Patreon budget to kind of kind of scope out what I could get for BrickLink for the month and then use some other income to fund for lighting or for whatever the need may be at the time. Um, but yeah, no, to go back to your earlier question, I'm sorry about the tangent. <laughs> uh, to pull out the, the big camera it takes a little bit more commitment on the project itself. So if it's... Uh, something a little bit more involved uh and a little more something that i care about the lighting a little bit more and i know that it's going to be uh a bigger project to share with patrons mm-hmm. uh i try to commit my time a little bit more to it so like safer with brickheads for example uh i've always shot the final photos with uh, a dlsr proper camera uh but all the work in progress photos so I always take them with my phone because it's like in the heat of the moment snap a picture put it on the google drive uh and then come back to it when the project's all done and just compile all the photos and then write some stuff about it so i can share it with patrons to be like this is how the process was and this is how i can kind of break it down but um yeah it it doesn't make sense in that moment to to whip out a big camera but yeah yeah depends on the project
1: yeah that's it's nice to know for like other people too because you know you, you don't need that expensive or like crazy equipment you can use your phone like you just said with the xr it takes nice photos you can focus do the flares and then lighting it everyone thinks i mean i'm i'm also at fault of that that you need the best of the best equipment like i'm like oh i should get the um shore uh whatever 400 mic that's 400 dollars to do a podcast or i could just record on my phone i mean i have a mic but i like because i like the clarity of it but it's you build up to it don't just mm-hmm. spend a thousand dollars to yeah. start you should like slowly go, as you go oh yeah and uh i mean your your pictures look great so you don't even need that like in, in insane amount of products you don't have a ten thousand dollar camera yeah
0: right and uh kind of goes back to what i was saying it's like i was gifted a tool here or a or a a set there or what have you and it's like i find in my experience it's more about uh the feeling i I suppose if that makes sense the feeling of the photo or the feeling that you get when you look at the image uh that's the most important or in in in, i suppose in your case uh, the feeling of enjoying the podcast where it's fun and it's humorous and it's light or whatever you're going for as long as it's it reaches that like the what feels right to you, that's the important part. And that's what I try to do with my photographs or with my photography is that I, I want to provoke emotion. I want to provoke enjoyment. If I can do that with a cell phone, fantastic. If I, if I can't, well, maybe I, maybe I need some more fine-tuning or a little bit more craft involved. And, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, like you're saying, everything is learned over time.
0: You'll continue to improve it it doesn't happen overnight, no, I've been doing this probably oh, ten years now, ten twelve years now, and I mean I've only been running my patreon account for maybe four or five uh and it's it's like every day is a new thing uh it it changes from day to day like you didn't have the the twenty twenty uh you know Iron man figure uh back in you know 2014 you know you you worked with what you had you had the the old clunky flip-up helmet one which is still pretty cool in my opinion uh <laughs> but um yeah and it just it doesn't happen overnight and you're absolutely correct
1: yeah so like to all those listeners out there who are building or photography it, it or anything really it takes time yeah and don't hurt yourself or don't put yourself down for it
0: there is a um uh this might date me a little bit too uh Bela Fleck is a bluegrass uh, musician who, back in the day, when he would uh, come up with a song or an idea, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'd call my 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 machine at home and you know sing the melody to myself." But that's only the first step. the The inspiration is one part of the whole piece. You the, there's the inspiration, and then after that point, you have to, there's the craft of making the 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 final product, which is you know it could be the audio editing or the 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 dust cleaning on the photos or the you know writing the text or uh typing up all the hashtags or whatever it may be it's it's uh it's <laughs> if you want to be good at it you just uh you just kind of do one piece at a time and it doesn't always come together right away as much as i would like it to
1: <laughs> kind of like building a brick set or a lego set i mean one brick at a time exactly yeah so as we as we wind down on the interview today i i think you've been a great guest uh I just had one final question for you here today. And you said you've been working on Lego photography almost 10 years now. Hmm. How do you think Lego has
0: changed and affected your life? Well, that, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like I, it, it, it's kind of always been there with me through thick and thin and whatever happens and what doesn't happen. It's, uh, it's to, to, if I, if I could make a comparison, it would be like, uh, Somebody that, you know, was illustrating or scribbling with crayon on paper when they were little up to, you know, when they're an adult and they're working for a graphic design company and they're illustrating for, you know, magazines or whatever the case may be. It's like it's for me, it's always kind of been there because uh, I've I've had the camera since I was little. I've had the brick since I was little. And even in college, in school, I did a handful of like like internships. I would I did a um, a wedding photography internship which taught me more, uh, more basics about photography and lighting and how light bounces off of, uh, certain colors and objects. And I, I, you know, I learned a lot from my dad with Photoshop. Like he taught me a lot of, uh, different tools and what things meant. And it all kind of tied together with Lego where Lego was kind of like the, the underlier of the, you know, after a long day at school or whatever it was back in the day, I'd come home and do Lego or nowadays it's like, I'm I, after a long day at work, I come home and work on Lego for a little while and if I can, you know, share that with people and share my art and my passion and get somebody to smile. I, I, I think that's the most important uh, thing in the end of the day. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's always kind of been there for me. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever go anywhere or if it'll, you know, it, it'll, I'm, I'm sure it, you know, it's done this in the past where it dips away from my mind for a little bit. And then it's back into my focal point. Like right now I'm, uh, because of covid and everything it's like it's a little shaky i don't i don't know what's what's going on i i you know i i used to work for lego in retail and now i don't and uh i don't know it's it's got its ups and downs and it goes and it goes and it goes and it
1: goes it's like that best friend you've had since you were a kid and you know it may not kind of yeah uh, <laughs> you may not see them all the time but they're always there and you know
0: it's it's great to have it's, it's a wonderful outlet. It's a wonderful way to, to express myself. And even if I'm not always creating original art, it's fun to uh, address the challenge of how do I make that effect or how do I pose that figure in a certain way? Mm-hmm. It's,
1: it's enjoyable. And what's great is it'll always change and you always learn more. And I think I can't wait to see your next uh, series or your photography here. And I, I definitely want people to check out your work Andrew Cookston on Patreon to as uh, cheap as a dollar. You can see and get instructions for his brickhead builds and see some of his photos. And then a dot. Mm-hmm. Co- dot Photography, which I'm going to link everything into the show notes, so people should definitely check it out.
0: One, one last thing to point out: I'm also getting ready to launch a Redbubble, so I'm going to be starting to sell some prints here pretty soon. So Redbubble.com uh, forward slash people forward slash Andrew Cookson. So we'll be selling some prints here pretty soon, and I'm getting excited to to move that forward as well. Well, awesome! I actually have never heard of Redbubble,
1: so now <laughs> I have to go check it out.
0: <laughs> awesome! All right,
1: yeah. So uh Andrew, I I just want to say thank you again. Uh, this has been an excellent conversation. Uh, I hope in the future we could have you back on, talk about some more Lego things. And I'd uh, love it. Yeah. Thank you again for taking the time. And uh, thank you listeners for uh, listening. And then go check out Andrew's work. Well, that was a really fun interview. I really liked talking with Andrew and getting to know how he went about setting up some of these photos. It's so creative because you don't always have to build something, although he does some great builds. But building a display for a Lego minifigure to be an actionable feature is is really, really cool. And uh, definitely go check out his stuff. He does sell prints now, so if you like some of his photos, some of the prints might be for sale. Go out and buy some. And I'll put all his information, of course, in the show notes so you can definitely check him out. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode. All your efforts to listen... Fuel my efforts to continue to build this podcast into something really great. We're working behind the scenes, constantly trying to improve and make it better for you, the listener, because that's what matters. And if you're looking to come on the show or know somebody that wants to come on the show, make sure to message me on Instagram at backtobrick2 and reach out. On my email as well, backtobrick at gmail.com. It's an easy process. I I really want to hear from all kinds of people. You don't even have to be a designer. If you just love Lego and want to talk about it, this is the show for you. I want to make it so that not just AFLs enjoy this, but all people who want to learn about Lego. That's why I did the history episode this last week and hope to continue to provide as much knowledge as possible. So I'll leave you with this as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something.